Coach Prime himself, Deion Sanders, is coming out to Salt Lake City as Utah football hosts Colorado football. Has the game lost some of its luster because of the two teams' lackluster finish to the regular season? Yeah. But is it still the regular season final at football game that I'm excited to talk about since after this one, we have one more opportunity to do it before next season? Yes, we're diving into the matchup between Utah and Colorado football on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On You to your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We'd love it listening to you all in the comments and love interacting with you at all on social media. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. And today's show of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. On today's show, we're talking about Utah versus Colorado. Our final regular season breakdown and our last game breakdown and preview until the Utah's eventual bowl game. It's crazy that we have already reached this point in the season. Uh, so I'm kind of bummed about now that it is coming to a close in some ways. Is it like, uh, you know, just such a disappointing year, like let's flush it and move on. But then I look ahead to the off season and realize that uh, we'll have no games to talk about. I'd just be getting hyped for next season. And then you think about how far off next season is, then you're like, Wait, this one, I am excited for this game now. I want to see this team one last time go out there, do their things. And this is the type of game, too, as we're going to discuss. Coach Witt has already said, you're going to see lo- multiple new faces and just uh, guys who don't you normally play as much have to play a lot because of injuries. So in some ways, this is our look at Utah's future. And that's something that I'm excited to see what that future looks like when a lot of these guys get that opportunity. And it's always fun, too. Some of the seniors, not everyone who walks is going to return to this football team, as we covered on yesterday's show. So fun to get to talk about and discuss that group of players one last time in today's episode too so first want to preview the offensive side of the ball for utah defensive side for colorado then we're going to do the utah defense versus the colorado offense but first let's talk about how colorado got in this position we know how utah got in this position right utah just fell out of college football rankings because of a disappointing loss to arizona in which the injuries truly proved too much for them to overcome missing cole bishop karene reed jonah ellis and a hampered sioni vaki Utah wasn't able to get it done down in Tucson, but I do think they'll be able to get it home at Rice-Eccles Stadium, and a big part of that is because of this Colorado team they're facing on. Now, Colorado, I, I the very first week we did opponent observations, or at least I think I was still doing opponent observations at that point, we talked about Colorado beating TCU at the time and what a monumental win that was. Now, looking back be, at TCU being ranked 17, that's insane, but also they just came off the national championship. Like, yeah, they lost some guys, but still wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, so I didn't think that ranking was insane at the time obviously not true so you know they started the season with beating tcu then they beat nebraska and then they went on to beat colorado state in that thrilling double overtime game and then the wheels completely came off the bandwagon the hype train in boulder got destroyed by oregon 42 to 6 narrowly lost to usc 48 41 that game was not even as close as the final score indicated but give colorado credit for coming back Barely beat Arizona 27 to 24. That was on October 7th, and they haven't won a game since. Double overtime loss to Stanford 46 43. Then UCLA beat them. Oregon State beat them. Arizona beat them. Washington State beat them. And now here comes Utah. 
Now, yes, Arizona, who just beat Utah, only beat them 34-31, to 31, but I do think that was a case of a hot Arizona team just nearly slipping up against a not-great Boulder team. Like, think about the position Arizona was in. They just got some hot wins, then they nearly stumbled, but they were able to survive a win. We see good college football teams do all that all the time. If Utah had beat Arizona and maybe even beat Washington was riding high, maybe I'd be a little more concerned. I should just throw a huge, huge caveat in there before we uh, – and this will be more discussed in the second segment with the Colorado offense, I don't think Shador Sanders is going to play in this game. And Shador Sanders is more than likely going to be the first overall pick in the 2025 NFL draft. I do not think he's going to declare this year. That's a conversation for another show, but I just think next year will be the year that uh, he declares. So he is an incredibly talented quarterback and by him and the receivers are by far the best thing this team has going for them. And of course that is pretty much the only thing this team has going for them also. So missing the quarterback and the receivers, obviously very dependent, as Devon Vele learned this season, not learned, as we all saw Devon Vele have to go through this season, are very reliant on their quarterback. So, yeah, the Colorado offense is going to struggle, and the Colorado defense has struggled mightily this year, too. Pac-12 is not known for its defense, and guess what? In a conference not known for its defense, Colorado ranks dead last. We'll say that. Defense in the Pac-12 this year, I think they've been pretty good. When you talk about UCLA, Oregon, Utah, Oregon State, Arizona, all legitimate defenses, in my opinion, all of those teams holding opponents under 350 yards of total offense on the season, and I think those are pretty solid defenses. Now, the rest of them, yes, you can have some gripes with those two as well, although I think Washington's got some playmakers on their defense. They're ranked at you know 397, but I or actually they give up over 400 yards a game, but they're still a, off a defense. I like some things about it. Anyways, Colorado, they're giving up 462 yards of offense a game. They've given up 3,000 yards through over 3,200 yards through the air, and they're averaging allowing over 296 passing yards per game. And on the ground, they're also getting demolished, giving up 166 yards per game. They've given up 1,827 yards rushing. That is the second most. Only USC has allowed more. Geez, USC allowing over 2,000 on the ground. So... Yeah, not great. But no, this Colorado defense is not a lot of, of elite talent. They do not rush the quarterback very well. They Their linebackers are, aren't great. The secondary is okay, but even they have gotten beat at times. If Travis Hunter, which I think everything I've seen, Travis Hunter is supposed to play in this game. I'd love to see Travis Hunter versus Devon Bailey. I think that's a fun matchup, especially for Travis Hunter. Actually, both of them. Travis Hunter for next year's NFL draft, like if he was to get Beat up by Vele, I don't think that's a great look versus I think if Vele can beat Hunter, who should be a top five pick next year, that's great stuff for him to put on tape if he does decide to go off to the NFL, something that, as I discussed yesterday, I unfortunately think is very likely, even as much as I would love to see Devon Vele, I want him to do what's best for him, and that very well could be go off to the NFL with the type of season he is really having closing the year out. But that even if he walks tomorrow, it's not a, a case closed there. So yes, Colorado defense is not very talented and especially in the trenches, as we mentioned, and honestly on both sides of the ball, the Colorado offensive line is probably their worst unit overall, but the defensive line ain't much better. And Utah is going to loves to run the ball. They're going to be ready to run the ball. And this is going to be a long day for that Buffalo rush defense. I think Utah is going to have a ton of success on the ground in this one. I'll be given like exact stat predictions tomorrow, but I think Jaquindon Jackson, I think Jalen Glover, I think we could see a lot of Nate Johnson in this one. Even as I talked about, this game's a future game for Utah. So I think Bryson will play a lot and, Maybe he'll play most of the game, but I could definitely see that kind of what we saw at the very first game of the season where it was half Bryson Barnes, half Nate Johnson. I could very well see that from Utah on this one. I think that uh, a kind of a rotation like that would make a lot of sense for them 
to just give that different look. And Nate's going to be able to run it with immense success against this Colorado because Utah's going to get exceptional push up front. I think that we'll see the Utah passing offense have a good game too. This is a Colorado defense that has tons of busts. They're just not very disciplined. They're not great at tackling. So I do think Utah will have some success on the outside. Till mentioned the defensive backs will hold up in coverage for some plays, but Bailey is going to get open. I expect money to get open. Maneer McLean, all of Utah's playmakers, Landon King are going to make a couple of grabs and a couple of plays. I think Utah should be able to do whatever they want offensively, just like we saw Washington State do last week. Mind you, Washington State just beat Colorado 56-14. to 14. So I think Utah is in for a strong day. Will Utah score 50 points? I'm not going to say that. I think they have a strong chance to get over 40, though. And Vegas doesn't think this game is going to be close either. The line is right now at 21 in favor of Utah. And I'm leaning towards Utah with that number, too, just based on how negatively the season's trending for Colorado. I'm not sure how eager they are to make the trip out to Salt Lake City. I think they're ready for the season to be over even more so than Utah is. And Utah may be slightly ready, but I think they want to leave a better, just have a go out with a stronger showing than they did against a that Arizona team last week versus Colorado's like, yeah, last week kind of felt like leaving the white flag. The biggest positive about their team, Shador Sanders, probably isn't going to be playing. So it's going to be bad. And we'll, like I said, we're going to discuss that Colorado defense, or excuse me, the Utah defense against the Colorado offense, because I do think the Utah defense is in a big bounce back, just like I think Bryson Barnes is going to have a sensational day carving up the Colorado defense. But I think everyone who's on Utah's offense is going to have a great day, just like when Utah played out at Colorado last year. I think it's going to be a, a very similar showing that we're going to see from the this University of Utah team. This one will just be at home, sending out the seniors the right way. So offense is going to fly high. How's the defense going to do? Obviously, based on everything I just said, I think the defense is going to do pretty well. But I want to tell you exactly why I think the defense is going to have a successful outing in Salt Lake City in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked on Utes in our friends at Prize Picks. We've been talking about a lot about prize picks recently, and how could we not? Because they're the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across basketball from special leagues, uh, league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You can also, at prize picks, get a reboot policy that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, the player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. The players and stat types you're selecting, you can highlight your winnings from prize picks, how fun and the simple experience of playing the game is the best. You can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, you can go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Also, want to talk to you about another sponsor of Locked On Utes. It's our friends at UCCU and the great offer they have going on with Learn and Earn. The UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. That's what Learn and Earn is. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, while parents, they don't always know the answers. Learn and Earn breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards at stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family. You can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. 
Learn and Earn is inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you can play anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn. And the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCCU, love where you bank. All righty. Let's talk about this Utah defense, who I do think is going to be in for a dominant outing against Colorado. I don't think Colorado will score. I'd be There's not scoring over 20 for sure. I think this is another game where Utah has a real chance to hold the team under 10 points. I can see them scoring 10. You'll probably have a garbage time touchdown. So I'll go. I think they are going to score only 10. I think Utah is going to win big in this game. I really do. I don't like the energy around the Buffaloes, as I mentioned, especially with them not having Shador Sanders. I think Coach. it's been a very frustrating season for Coach Prime that started out with great highs and then quickly having those high expectations dashed at how daunting and just difficult of a schedule the Pac-12 gauntlet became for this team. And it really wore on them. They got tons of players injured and banged up. You know, you've had things like Coach Prime calling out the offensive line. They haven't been performing great, but, you know, calling them out as much as he has, I don't think that's exactly helped the situation either. I can't imagine they're going to be um, love and life against this Utah pass rush that includes the likes of Connor O'Toole, Van Fillinger, maybe Chase Kennedy gets after a little bit more here. Obviously, that interior presence we're going to witness from Junior Tafuna, Keanu Tanu Vasa, also talking about the Samote Peppas, the Aliki Vaimakis of the world. This is a loaded defensive line. You got guys like Leovani Demuni are going to be flying around making plays. I'd love to see more Justin Medlock a little bit. He's a guy we haven't seen a ton on the season, but really popping spring ball. Um, but also, Fotu has been doing a good job whenever he's came in there at the uh, the opposite inside linebacker spot to uh, Dumi. Or I should say, he's been doing okay. Hasn't been doing great, but just okay. But Dumi's done a good job. On the outside, too, you know, Zamaya Vaughn, JT Broughton, Miles Battle. Up. Smith Snowden seen a little bit of playing time this year. Maybe see a little more of him. Teo Johnson doing his thing on the outside. Then on the secondary, I, you know, with Utah having guys banged up, and just that's what we've heard, too. I'm not sure if Cole Bishop or Sione Baki will play in this one again. So Jonathan Hall, I'd love to see a big Nate Ritchie game. See, like, an interception and a couple of key tackles. Like, show the potential for the guy that... We, we hope Nate Ritchie to be next year. We, I still don't know. I think last time I predicted Cole Bishop to come back. I still go back and forth on that one, even as I sit here now, because I do think he's going to have a chance to go off in the NFL and make some money early. But with NIL, he can also stay at Utah and make money. So that's where this becomes a toss-up. But this is an elite Utah defense, and this is not an elite Colorado offense without Shador Sanders. want to make that clear, because if Shador Sanders is in, would they have a chance to move the ball a little bit? Yeah, but even before... And yes, they'd made some plays against Arizona, but that was still just one of those weird games. Like had it been in Tucson, I don't think that would have Arizona got up for the Utah game a lot more than they did the Colorado game. Think about the energy and the atmosphere around those two programs are drastically different when those games took place. And just like the energy here feels different, even though Utah's a little down, they're not as down as Colorado right now. Anytime you lose a game as bad as they did, once again, they lost to Washington State 56 to 14, and it was even worse than that. Shador Sanders had 86 passing yards in that game and didn't even play a large chunk of it because he got hurt in there. Their backup quarterback came in and he threw an interception or excuse me. He had the ball batted back into his hands after throwing it and then tried to throw it again and then threw an interception, which is a flag. You, I, you can't do that anyways. It's just like, that's the maddening stuff. The buffs have going on offensively. They don't protect their quarterback. Well, they have a backup quarterback in there. The last time we saw a backup quarterback go against this Utah defense. And I should say a backup quarterback that isn't, Fafita, who has been exceptional this season, but a true more like what you expect out of a backup quarterback, Arizona State and Rice-Eccles Stadium. 
How'd that go? Not great. So that's what the type of thing I'm expecting from the Utah defense. I'm expecting a long day for whoever the buffs trot out there under center. I'm blanking on the guy's name right now. Um, it starts with a B, but either way, he's it's it's not fair for them to trot uh, trot him out there. He's gonna uh, it's called uh, Stub, excuse me. It's Ryan Stub. He's com- had six passes for uh, completed 59 passes passing yards. Wow, I'm all over the place. I'm just like. Colorado is going to be on in Rice Eccles Stadium. Um, but he had six completions, 16 attempts, 59 yards, got sacked twice, didn't throw an interception. Technically, as I mentioned, he did throw one. He just threw it to the, the opposite team, and it didn't count. So, yeah, the Colorado rushing game is not fantastic. Dylan Edwards has done some nice things on the season, but honestly, he's a better receiving back than anything else. And look, Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, Travis Hunter, all of them, I like them as receivers, but the quarterback's not going to be there. They're not going to have time to get open because these blitzes are going to get home so quickly from Utah. Whether it's just Utah defensive linemen winning one-on-one or the blitzes that Utah is going to bring, the Colorado's offensive line won't be able to pick up because they haven't picked up similar blitzes like that all season long. And then the quarterback isn't going to handle pressure well. So that's going to lead to picks. They're not. They, this Colorado offensive line does not run block well. Utah's going to be able to dominate the line of scrimmage. A recipe for disaster for the Buffaloes. We are going to be previewing this matchup more on Friday's show with the Locked On Buff, Buffs host, Locked On Colorado host. We'll be doing that then. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think Kevin does a great job with that channel. But, yeah, I just – this is one that Colorado, as I said, is even more so done than uh, – they're ready for 2024 too. Because I actually think they, if they hit the transfer portal the right way, it's going to be hard to do – get the right offensive lineman there for me, in my opinion, for them to win the Big 12 right away. But it's possible – that they could win the Big 12 next year because they have they know what their weaknesses are. Is it a lot of weaknesses? Yes, but with a guy like Shador Sanders and uh, Travis Hunter, like they, those type of players cover up a lot of weaknesses if you can just get better at positions like the offensive line, like they desperately need to do. So I, I do think the Utah defense is in for just a dominant outing here. And how can I not project them to have such a strong outing with, once again, what they're going against because it, it's not great. <laughs> As I mentioned, it's just how else, what are you going to expect? against this group that is just not very good Colorado offensively. I actually have a lot of respect for Pat Shermer, former, you know, I'm a Vikings fan. Some of you longtime listeners of the show, uh, former Vikings offensive coordinator has done some things there. And I think he's not, I think he's a good offensive coordinator, but what is he going to do against this Utah defense when he's at such a talent deficiency? The answer, not a lot. And that's where I think Utah is going to have that immense success in this game. It's going to be a fantastic showing for the seniors. We already talked. If you want to know who's going to walk and all my thoughts on all of that, I kind of walk. I did more so who's going to come back, which is more important than who's walking. We'll talk about who walked on next week's show and kind of the drama that all comes out of that. That'll be on next week's Locked On Utes. But I do think this is going to be a strong way to send out the University of Utah, and it's something that uh, for the tw- for the regular season because the bowl game always fun to talk about and do some stuff with too. But as it pertains to the regular season, this will be it for that so on tomorrow's show before we dump into utah men's and women's basketball a special little thanksgiving episode going to project some of the stat projections which utah football players i think are going to go off for utah in their game against colorado and then the second half of that i just want to talk about uh what i feel like is all the just things we have to be thankful for as as utah fans i think it's always fun to reflect and um you know it can be so easy to like complain about like oh this coach needs to do this or this needs to happen and that needs to happen once again by the way i see some people 
I'm not going to do it. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm going to hold on for another second. Then I might rant really quick about something I, I read with Cam Rising today, but just lots to be thankful for uh, about Utah athletics, in my opinion, like that, the fans that the fact that we get to be fans of this school and the number of things they are doing well, I just think that's something that's cool to recognize on a day where we're being reflective and thankful of things on Thanksgiving. So we will see you on Thanksgiving on the show really quick. I saw someone in my comments point out about how Cam Rising, like get, like get over it, dude, like go on to the NFL all these things like that, or just move on, like stop staying in college for so long. If you, if so many of you were being, and, and I'm in the same boat, right? Like I would do the same thing as camp. If we were being offered more than likely the NIL money based on what's been reported or not reported, but just like stated, floated out their rumors. He's the, he's cam rising. He's won back-to-back Pac-12 champs. Utah's done well. He's well-supported NIL wise. All of you would do the exact same thing and come back to school. So I think it's crazy that there are some people out there like get over it. Like when that kind of thing is in play and it's the opportunity to continue to win games, have fun with a teammate. How many people talk about how much they want to go back to college too? That's where this, this becomes hypocritical too. I think that people can be all over the place and picking their narratives and stuff. But yeah, once again, so I, I think that's crazy, but you know, it's not crazy. Talk about the Utah men's and women's basketball programs. That's what we're going to be doing in one moment. But first I want to talk to you guys about something that's also, it's crazy if you don't have it, but it's a great thing to get. If you do not, it's LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You guys can go over and add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring, letting all the great candidates who are out there that are ready to work know that there's a position open, and then you can sort and interview the best ones too because they have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's one of the many reasons that small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, checking in on the Utah men's and women's basketball program. Let's start with the University of Utah men's team who... Yes, three and two right now come off two losses, one to Houston, one to St. John's. Those are both better basketball teams right now than Utah is. But I'd much rather, which first of all, only losing by Houston to 10. Houston's ranked six in the country. That's not bad at all. Let's go back to Utah's win over Wake Forest. What has been dubbed by multiple people already, the Brandon Carlson game. He had 31 in the game, five blocks, had four threes. That's shot seven, too, so really efficient. 12 of 20 from the field, just doing his thing out there. You love to see. He's done a really – the fit next to him and Lawson Lovering has actually been really effective. The spacing that Madison and Bajima have provided have given this Utah team a little bit of a spark, too. That's made them fun to watch. And uh, you know Ben Carlson's been uh, – better this season off the bench than he was in the starting role last season, in my opinion. So just great to see Utah go out there and get a win. They outscored Wake 46 to 29. And to get to watch Brandon just do his thing at each level, doing what he does was really a three-level score in this game was so much fun to watch and see. And obviously getting it done both ways, as I mentioned, the blocks too. So love what I saw to Brandon in this game. Just general thoughts on Utah basketball in general, though, right now. I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of this team because of that spacing. I had heard about Cole Bajima, and we had talked about him on the show. We'd heard he's a shooter, all these things like that. He is a really good shooter. And guess who else is a really good shooter? Gabe Madsen. The spacing has already made a huge difference versus a guy like a, a Lazar Stefanovic, who I like, did a lot of good things last year, but he was inefficient a lot and just not as much of a knockdown shooter. Bajima has been that type of a threat to scare teams. And also you have a guy like Gabe Madsen who literally drilled eight threes the other day, eight of 15 from downtown, 29 points, 10 of 19 overall from the field. 
Like, this is what Utah has going for them right now. And then you also have a guy in Raleigh Wooster in his third season now with the team, even more comfortable in that point guard position. Would love if this team could get Davion Smith back too, still waiting on the whole waiver situation there. But, you know, Lawson, Lovering has done a good job also just being that strong, sturdy center presence. That length makes it difficult, difficult for teams to score on. But only losing to, by Houston to 10. You know, they outscored Utah by nine in the first half, but then only lose the second half by one. That's a big win. Houston's a national title contender. Utah's not. They're just trying to make the NCAA tournament. And based on a showing like this, they have a chance to do so. So I'm loving what I'm seeing from Craig Smith's team early on. I think it's definitely been a step in the right direction so far this year. And those transfers, Bajima, Lovering, both Pac-12 ones, making a difference and paying big dividends early. We talked about the Utah women's basketball team last week, you know, suffering that tough loss against Baylor. And then they had some cleanup games. You know, they won uh, uh, against the Alaska arc. Um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce the name correctly. I, I worked on it before the show, but I just know if I tried, I'm going to say it wrong, which I know I say things wrong on the show all the time. I get cooked for it as deservably. So um, either way, this game for Utah, you know, watching Peely drop 18. What a great reception she's gotten, by the way. Um, I've been loving following that along on social media. Just someone who works so incredibly hard has done a great job for this Utah team for the past two years. So great to see uh, all the love that she's being shown by uh, by so many of her fans. And, uh, it's It's been fun to watch. You know, Jenna Johnson had nine in the game. Jenna Neepkins with 22. Just such an elite point guard for this Utah team. Had six steals in the game. Also had a couple of assists she dished out. But how about Vieira for Utah? And I might be mispronouncing her game too, but I know it's Izzy for sure, if not. Um, 10 points, but more importantly, 14 assists. Are you kidding me? That's where you love to see it from this Utah women's team. They'll be fine after the loss to Baylor. We always knew that. And, you know, they also played Eastern Kentucky. Same thing. They beat them badly when talking about that game. This is a Utah team that really gave it to Eastern Kentucky. They beat the Colonos 117-72. Peely, 28. Then you have Gianna with 23. Mentioned Izzy already. She scored 20 in the game. This Utah team's got some depth. Their stars have been stepping up and have been taking care of business against opponents they should beat. Also, shout out Jenna Johnson with the nine, six, and eight game. The six being the assist, the eight being rebound. So Utah women's basketball is fine. I'm happy they stayed ranked in the top 25. I thought that's where they, or excuse me, not ranked in the top 25. I, I'm glad they just stayed ranked in the top 10. That's where I feel like they belong, even if they are at number 10 right now. I think they are one of the best teams. They just lost to a good Baylor team on the road. It's hard to beat other top 25 teams on the road. So I didn't think that was a bad loss for Utah by any stretch of the imagination. But both basketball programs overall still trending in the right direction. I know the loss for women's basketball was disappointing, but still liking the trajectory that both of them are on. I think the men's team has a chance to make the NCAA tournament this year, or if not, be a very high-seeded NCAA. NIT team versus yesterday last year they even missed out on that and then if you're looking at the women's team they they'll be in it again coming down to the final four it's something I'm excited to see play out and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what both the Utah men's and women's basketball programs can do just like I'm looking forward to seeing how Utah is going to do against coach prime the offseason hype was crazy we've been talking about this game ever since coach prime was hired it's finally here and once again yes we are a lot less excited about it now than when we first knew it was going to be happening but still going to be fun to see what happens with it and we appreciate all of you for listening to our show. Once again, we'll be back with you tomorrow for a special Thanksgiving show, and we look forward to talking to you then.